Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending October 9th, 2020. I'm Chris Kyle, and today I'm joined by Senior Portfolio Manager, Megan Roche. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. It's officially autumn in Seattle. I know that we have thunderstorms on the horizon. Hopefully you and your family have plans to nestle in and enjoy the show. Yes, things are definitely cooling off here. Yes, should be a good time. Jumping in, I know we have a few topics to touch on. First, we'll look at economic data released this week, followed by news surrounding stimulus talks. Additionally, we'll speak to spikes in COVID cases globally and how the market is responding to this reality, especially now that we're less than one month away from Election Day in the U.S. Megan, as we close out the first full week of the new quarter, what are some of the key economic data pieces that we should be looking at? Yeah, the economic data in both the U.S. and Europe was pretty positive this week. Uh, Retail sales and business activity surveys in the Eurozone expanded ahead of expectations. In the U.S., uh, a a measure of non-manufacturing trends in the services sector rose for the fourth month in a row to a reading of 57.8. In this specific survey, any reading above 50 is an indication of expansion. So that's definitely a positive. Uh, Within that survey, I would say the most positive sub-indicator was the one regarding employment, which gave a above 50 for the first time since February. And that means that service companies, which employ eight out of 10 Americans, are finally adding more workers than they're letting go. Uh, That said, there are definitely some sectors that aren't enjoying the benefits of the recovery as much quite yet. Uh, We got some headlines this week with warnings from several airline and entertainment companies that they may be forced to cut jobs more permanently unless some additional government aid is provided soon. Well, generally good news overall. Those are certainly vital industries in need. But you do mention the need for governmental aid. Where is Congress at when it comes to further stimulus talks? Yeah, we usually talk about market volatility. I would say this week's source of volatility came from trying to figure out how likely it is that Americans and U.S. companies are going to see any additional economic aid before the election next month. It seemed like every day this week gave us and the market some some whiplash on whether there was going to be a large-scale deal, uh, a piecemeal deal for certain sectors like airlines, or no deal was a possibility at a couple points uh, this week. So even the Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell spoke this week, urging the administration and Congress to keep the stimulus coming, saying that the recovery will be stronger and move faster if monetary and fiscal policy continue to work side by side. And went so far as to say that we shouldn't be worried about too much stimulus, arguing that it's better for Congress to provide too much than not enough, which could cause the U.S. to stall in a longer than expected, he said, slog uh, back to full recovery. Uh, Just this morning, the pendulum seems to have swung back to the prospects of a more comprehensive package. So we'll have to wait and see how things progress. Yeah, certainly. I know both institutions and individuals are hopeful for a compromise, so hopefully it comes sooner than later. Now, both relevant and hardly far from mine these days, COVID cases appear to be on the upswing. What are you seeing and how are markets responding to this news? As we've expected entering the fall, we are seeing signs of COVID cases escalating back towards levels seen during the spring and summer. And nine states in the U.S. reported record increases in cases this week, as well as countries like Germany, France, Italy, and the U.K., all reporting spikes, which is prompting the possibility of reinstating restrictions that had been previously relaxed. In terms of markets, you know, these are certainly risks that rising COVID cases could necessitate new restrictions, dampen the recovery and investor risk appetite. Uh, however, that wasn't the case this week. Uh, global equity markets are up about 2% and led by smaller cap cyclical stocks in the U.S., which are up closer to 7%. 
Within this risk-on environment, we saw the dollar weaken and sector leadership in areas like energy, materials, and industrials. Uh, Long-term interest rates also rose, which helped the financial sector. Our colleague, Andrew Pease, uh, the global head of investment strategy here at Russell, shared our fourth quarter global market outlook that was released last week and focused on our investment process, uh, which pivots on the elements of cycle, valuation, and sentiment. For global equities, the cycle is certainly supportive. Uh, Valuations do score as slightly expensive, and sentiment is currently neutral. So this leaves us neutral to our long-term strategic asset allocation in the near term, but moderately positive for equities over the medium term, especially as we get past the uncertainty of the U.S. election and toward a COVID vaccine. Yeah, it will certainly be an eventful, if not interesting, rest of the quarter, but hopefully one that offers clarity on the back end. With that, I believe we're at the end of our time. Megan, it was a pleasure as always. Thank you for your thoughts. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks for listening in. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.